Can social media ruin your relationship? Well, that seems kind of obvious, right? That it, it can, right? The average person uses social media for two hours and 27 minutes per day. For me, it seems probably more, <laughs> but that's over five years of your life spent scrolling, posting, and liking. Given that social media has become so ingrained in our daily lives, it's really no wonder that it is now a potential source of tension and conflict in our relationships. I'm Margaret Johnson, your wedding theory godmother, professional wedding officiant, and premarital mentor. I'm going to walk you through the steps from your moment of yes to your moment of I do. Now, I say that at the beginning of all the podcasts, but as we know, this is for people in relationships, singles, just conversation sake, and we'll see what the audience wants. But for now, because my world is all about couples and marriage, that's what we're going with, right? So social media is a double-edged sword. That's because social media allows us for quick and efficient communication. Well, maybe not so efficient because now things are getting so narrowed down that we don't have context, right? But we're engaged with it. It may also change the way people interact with one another. So while there are no set rules for how to navigate social media when it comes to relationships, even when you're single for that matter, there's definitely some key takeaways that could help you and your significant other or, you know, just the way your family member communicates, right? So with the spawn of dating websites and apps, right? So, social, you know, it'll be hard on a lot of relationships, social media, first of all, because a lot of couples, especially the ones I've married, lots of couples um, who have met on, online. So that is a, a critical part of the dynamic of their relationship, right? So with the spawn of the dating websites and app in the ever-evolving dating landscape, singles often turn to social media to try to establish a first impression, right? So, you know, you meet someone online, they give you their real information, and you try to get a sense of who they are based on their social media posts. And then you communicate through these channels before even initially meeting. Social media has become a kind of a modern day mixer, right? Um, I, you know, earlier, I'm not gonna date myself, but like speed dating was once a thing. I don't even know if that's still around, but it's like a group of single people. You went out and you had a X amount of minute date with the person you moved on. This is, you know, tenfolds that, right? Because it's on social media and then you can capture snippets of people's lives. So social media has become just the social media, the mixer for us, right? So we see if we have any mutual friends, um, if there's any potential that we have any of the same interest and so on. If you're in a serious relationship, there are other factors to keep in mind right? So while social media might not ruin relationships, it may create problems if you and your partner lean on these alternative modes of communication. You need to be able to see the look on someone's face and in their eyes, their micro expressions, right? The tone of their voice. And you can't do that in social media. 
Of course, you likely spend more time communicating with your significant other in person than over social media, but it's important to reflect on why. This is so vital for a strong relationship. It's easy for things to get lost in translation when you're not communicating in person, whether that be social media or texting, right? It's not a great form for deepening a relationship. I know a lot of people or some people might disagree, you know, because of the the use of emojis and things like that, where you you're like, well, no, they get the point because I said a smiley face. But how many of us and I love to say I raised my hand here that I've read something and I'm not literally rolling on the floor laughing and crying and think it's that hilarious, but I think it's funny and it's the best emoji suited for that, right? So we aren't still offering deep meaning when we're doing that. So if someone was in front of us and we, you know, they said something funny, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're, this is hilarious. But would I be like crying on the floor, you know, with the whole crying emoji thing, right? So it still isn't the best practice, I think, for communicating. I, now, I love a good text and I, like I said, I'm on social media and I think it's quite hilarious. I love to watch other people's talents. Um, But relationships have to stand on their own and not in comparison to others. So I think what a lot of social media offers is insights on other people's relationships. Now, this is sounds positive, but what if the impression that's being put out isn't really authentic? It's not what they're really actually going through. They're doing it for views and for likes. So this can be quite scary if you're going to compare your relationships to others. So this is especially important to keep in mind as you see more and more of the details of other couples lives going on social media. All relationships are different and all couples have different ways of communicating, expressing emotion and spending quality time together. But when you see friends or coworkers going on extravagant vacations and expensive dates, it's challenging not to think about how your relationship compares. It's important to remember that what you see on social media never tells the whole story. They're busy, but you have no idea whether they're happy or not. You're only seeing a snapshot you're not seeing the full 360. Stories are told instantly on social media, which doesn't leave much time to put careful thought and consideration into every photo and comment on that you post, right? But when you're in a relationship, it's necessary to take that moment to think about what you're posting and what it could make your partner feel. I think it takes a higher level of maturity um, to just think through what it is that you're trying to convey, right? So are we trying to incite jealousy in others or are we trying to show something that we want folks to see but quietly, it's not really there. 
Or are we showing what we want it to be like, but again, not really there? It's important to understand when to leave others out of your private moments in your relationship and when it's okay to let them in. Social usually means more than one person. So when we're talking about romantic relationships, love relationships, we have to remember that in-person trumps social every time. Because when you're building your relationship and you're building that foundation between you and one other person, but then everything is there for the world potentially to see, low views or not, like even a low view Right now, I don't have tons of listeners. Hopefully, we might have some, but if not, that's okay. But even if one person is listening, I've opened up 30 minutes of my day to a perfect stranger. So let just that sink in, right? So when you have a low view, maybe 10 or 12 views, if you know, th- these are people who are concocting ideas and theories about what your life or what you just posted meant and you're allowing for comments and sometimes it's great when everyone is saying you look wonderful but then you might get some people that's like oh he doesn't really look too happy and then you start to self-reflect but not necessarily in a positive way right so we want to be definitely careful about that. No matter how many studies are published, right? um, Citing um, scientific reasons to not use technology right before bed or bedtime at all, it's all too easy to just lay in the bed with a movie and a night and spend your last waking minutes scrolling through social media. I mean, my daughter got a Netflix account and oh my goodness, Uh, (laughs) like Netflix and chill is a different meaning when you have it like on your phone. I mean, I know we're not chilling by ourselves, but you can really get focused and distracted in just in your own little world. Like watching the movies before was a not really a group effort, but you would go to the movies with another person and share this experience. Now everything is just on our own handheld device. Not only will this affect your sleeping patterns, right? But it could ruin your relationship. Because each of us are in our... Even when we think about like the algorithm, right? Well, everyone's talking about algorithm. It's the algorithm. Most of us don't even know what that even means. But your digital footprint and your digital media is telling you what it thinks you like, and it's feeding you what it thinks you like. Now, even on your Google search, right? Like if I Google something and without like specific keywords, and my husband Googles something without specific keywords, right? So we're looking for a laptop. He's a Dell guy, for example, I'm Apple. Odds are he's gonna get different options than I received. And so the same is true where if we're not having any shared interest, 
I'm in my little handheld and he's in his little handheld. And so we're doing completely different things, right? So leaving the phone and your laptop outside of your bedroom when, when you're with your significant other may allow for each other to have deeper connections. So try leaving your charger in the kitchen or the living room to ensure that distractions stay outside of the bedroom. It can be tough, right? Because depending on the job you have, you know, if you are you know, in healthcare or you have any means of you're, you're being on call, you need that phone beside you. So I, I get it. It's going to be tough for a lot of people. But if you're able to, then that's something you might want to consider. It's become so acceptable to casually pull out your cell phone in almost any situation. I find myself more and more becoming comfortable with this. Before this was like a complete no-no. Um, you know, I wouldn't be waiting in the doctor's office and playing on my phone. I find that I'm doing that a lot more now. So it's the person in front of you who counts. And that's something we've got to put back into um, into practice. So even if it doesn't feel like a big deal to pull out your phone at dinner to respond to a ping notification, it could be more damaging than you think. Right, going out to dinner is supposed to be an activity where you talk to each other or relate to each other and deepen your relationship. You know, a few months ago, I'll share a personal story here. A few months ago, my son, he um, he's involved in karate, and um, my husband and I went out to dinner while you know we were waiting for his class to be over. It's about an hour and a half long, so we we're like, okay, we'll just use these nights as date nights, and. I'm usually on my phone and I and I had started to not be on it as much, especially when I'm around um, my my kids. And so that sort of prompted my the idea that I shouldn't. Re- I basically I'm on my phone more than my kids are on the on their phone. And I remember there was like tons of articles a couple of years ago where they talk about kids and being on their phone. So then I started to be more mindful about not being on my phone. This particular night we went um, and had dinner. We were just sitting at the bar because, you know, we only had a, a small window of time. And because I wasn't on my phone, I realized how much time he was spending on his phone, just scrolling and looking at the next thing. Now, this isn't a thing to place blame because I will say I only noticed because I was deliberately trying not to be on my phone. And I started to glance around more and more. We'd go to like really nice restaurants. I mean, not shabby places. And you'd look around and so many people were doing what we were often doing to each other. The only reason I had noticed it was because I had been deliberate about not using my phone. And I felt horrible. We stayed at dinner and then I I said something to him. But I think he got taken aback because it was something that had just become so normal for us, right? You know, he didn't snap back, but it was, you could tell it was sort of like, Oh, that was kind of offensive. Um, but as I looked around, so many people were doing the same thing. So it's not all bad news, right? Social media may be positively impacting relationships in a number of ways, right? It's not uncommon to see friends and family post adoring photos of their partners with a lovey-dovey caption to boot, right? 
But while there are some days when this is the last thing you want to see on your feed, small messages like this project a whole network of friends that may put a smile on your face for your loved one, right? It all comes down to being acknowledged. They, some people just need to be noticed, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. They need to know that they matter, and social media could be a wonderful way in doing that in terms of posting small messages, little videos, something that tells the person that they are on their mind and that you're on their mind in a very fond way. The reality is this. You can't touch someone over the phone, right? So although we can we can make it positive, so here's some ways that how social media is actually affecting relationships. Some people can use social media to stay connected with long distance friends and family members or to improve communication with their partners, children, or you know other professional networking circles. In contrast, social media use can lead to less quality in-person time spent, like when we went to, to dinner, you know? So, I wanted to examine some of the positive and negative ways that social media can affect relationships. So social media use has a positive impact on social connection if people use it actively. Family members and friends don't always live in the same city or even in the same state or country for that matter. And social social media has become a platform, you know, it's, it's platforms like Instagram and Facebook are quick and convenient ways for long distance loved ones to stay connected and in touch. You've got a feel of like what they're doing and people can post updates about themselves and other people's and people in their lives, such as their spouse or their children or if they're dating someone new, as well as sharing photos about vacations and other important family events. Additionally, people can tweak their privacy levels, right, to only share those personal information or pictures with individual groups or people that they know personally. These other social media apps provide ways for people to provide, you know, video chat in real time and further helping them to connect like WhatsApp. Super neat, especially again, when you have like family that lives out the, the, the country and things like that. So... The negative effect of social media on relationships are some of us are substituting social media interactions for face-to-face communication, and that may impact not only existing relationship, but also the ability to form new relationships. For example, while some find it necessary um, to connect There's been some research on social anxiety and social media, and for people with social anxiety to experience continual functional impairment, like being uncomfortable and able to form or engage in face-to-face relationship, when that replaces in-person interactions with social media use. Raise my hand here, I remember in 2020, I didn't literally lose my words, but it was hard for me to put my words together. And I realized that when we were all sent home 
in this work from home environment, a lot of communications was either through Teams or in Zoom chat um, and email. And although we'd always used these technology um, to communicate, it was actually being completely replaced. So I remember starting being able to go back out in the in the world per se, you know, maybe having a, a dinner or, you know, meeting with some friends, which we really weren't doing a lot. We still were doing social, um, social distancing. But sometimes when I would have conversations, I knew what I was thinking. I just couldn't convey it. So I can totally, like from a personal experience, see how this lack of face-to-face can diminish a lot of um, just your social skills even per se, right? So excessive social media use can negatively impact quality time. It can create conflict and reduce relationship satisfaction, whether or not you're in a romantic relationship. So there's been an increase in Instagram usage. Um, what the, excuse me. So the increase in social media usage led to the decrease in relationship satisfaction and the increase in conflict and negative outcomes, right? So furthermore, the dissatisfaction, conflict, and negative out- outcomes triggered an addictive use of Instagram. I'm not picking on Instagram here. This was from a study during 2021 and and, um, then there was this research done on excessive social media use can negatively impact your quality time. So you see the cycle there. So you're using the platform, right? And then it's decreasing your relationship satisfaction and then heightening your use. And then the outcome is that you become sort of a addicted to these platforms. On the flip side, making daily sacrifices for your relationship and your partner had a positive effect on your relationship satisfaction and a decrease in the likelihood of conflict and negative outcomes. So if we, we think about that here, even if we just did small things to replace maybe you know, we're going from app to app. We've got them all on our phone, Facebook, Instagram, Reddit, TikTok, all of it. Being deliberate about conveying the importance of your relationship or just communicate with your partner, you know, just give that one-on-one touch, one-on-one eye contact, What also social media provides, and I know we've been waiting for it, it provides an avenue for infidelity-related behaviors. So infidelity-related behaviors such as communicating with an alternative partner, right? And that can lead to a relationship dissatisfaction, breakup, and divorce. Social media provides such an avenue for these behaviors because you're seeing a plethora of men and women and we're we're admiring you know some of us just scroll and some of us are thinking and wondering and using dming (laughs) and all that stuff 
So while there is not much empirical evidence, right, regarding social media's infidelity related behaviors, because I mean, infidelity has been happening before the days of, of social media. It just provides an additional platform for it. So before you might have a feel a red flag because maybe your husband or wife isn't coming straight home from work or, you know, if they've started working out and so or they're dressing differently. But now, I mean, infidelity could be taking place right in the next room. You know, you're fixing dinner and, you know, there goes those little fingers pounding away and creating a relationship, right? So how do you manage social media use around your relationship? Regardless of the relationship type, ideas for managing social media use around relationship include putting away those cell phones while spending time together, planning activities that don't leave space or time for scrolling, right? Um, We're not saying like, being booked and busy constantly, but just being more deliberate and mindful about when we pull out that phone, right? Um, Leaving your phones on the outside of the bedroom, like we talked about, and avoid reaching out to old romantic relationships. And if you're in a relationship, stay away from folks that could drag you into um, having, you know, an external relationship. So there are many ways to manage social media usage in everyday life, right? So you could move your social media apps away from your home screen and into a a folder. So even if that cuts down just 10%, still 10% of the time that you could be either working on yourself. Um, I'll raise my hand here again. You know, it's nice to... I've gotten to the point, and my husband had brought this to my attention... I love me a good motivating video. Oh, I can listen to a pastor all day and I can regurgitate every point that they made and I'm like sharing with everyone that I know. Oh, pastor, this said this. Oh, this said that. And I get so caught up in listening to the motivating sometimes that the action that's supposed to spark within me from the motivation isn't there. I'm just listening, listening about the motivation and not really putting action behind it. And I can't be the only one, you know, again, my sense of awareness allows me not to do this. But had I had it not come to my attention, then I'd be thinking that I'm doing something so great because I'm listening to the Steve Harvey's and the Bishop T.D. Jakes and everyone is just so inspiring. I'm inspired and here I am just laying at the side of the couch, scrolling, scrolling. And I'm not putting um, into practice the things that I was learning, right? You can also turn off your social media notification. And that's the thing that I did. Like when I up, up my phone updated and it, it kind of reset to some extent, um, I was deliberate about the notifications that I would take. So therefore, when I'm working, I'm only working Social media is put aside for the end of the evening um, when, you know, if I'm just, again, scrolling. I mean, we live in a social media world and so, but I'm more mindful about when I'm doing that. I've also become committed to social media detox. 
There's also um, time limits that you can set on your apps. For example, if you go through your iPhone built-in screen time feature, or if you have an Android, there's a uh, built-in digital well-being. You can set prompts for yourself. Now, of course, you could put in your passcode and, and override it, but I mean, it's not really to your benefit. So social media can be both positive and negative and affects your interpersonal and your intrapersonal relationships. While the disadvantages of social media and relationships tend to occur naturally, the disadvantages seem to be associated with the existing relationship um, existing relationship problems. So we're not going to blame, you know, Meta <laughs> for all our relationship problems, right? It's just another avenue in where we, you know, where we tend to use it as another outlet, another means of distraction. So as our life becomes more and more digitized, especially during the past pandemic, Social media has made it even harder for us to maintain our relationships, right? About 50% of people have even reported that social media has been a significant um, negative impact in their relationship. Um, From jealousy to micro-cheating, social media has opened up a whole new world of ways in which we're able to cause conflict and ruin the relationships that we have. So we have to put together some tips, right? Or some way to avoid the social media ruin our relationships. We kind of just ran down some of the stuff, but I think prioritizing, um, it's just setting some ground rules. And this is, you know, we don't want to talk about it, right? Because the thing is, if one person was just on their phone and the other wasn't, like when I was at that restaurant, I happened to not be on the phone that day. And so I brought it up and that completely changed. We we don't, we're not scrolling on the phone anywhere because we're both mindful of it. But it's very often, now I look around and I see people are out to dinner, they're out together and each person is just on their phone. You're at the airport on a family trip and vacation. Now, of course, if your job requires it, sometimes we know it's hard to pull away. But we can make excuses about why every time we're on social media, it's important. So come up with some ground rules, right? Sit with your partner and have a conversation with them about social media use and ask questions like, what do you agree qualifies as an you know, acceptable amount of time to be on? I find that people will probably say, shorter times than they're actually spending on the, de- the 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 device, right? But you still want to allow each other privacy. While it's important that as an individual you respect your partner through their social media use, you must also respect their privacy. Trust is, goes both ways, right? So once you have had the discussion about your boundaries, just don't don't go snooping, right? So have a social media conversation and I think I I love the idea of social media detox. It's done it's done well for me. Um, in relationships as in life, it can sometimes be hard to tell 
the woods from the trees, <laughs> right? So we advise, you know, taking a step back, delete some of them from your phone or again, you know, put it in the folder, whatever you do, use the time to reconnect. And from there, work out the foundations of your relationship. I mean, because how could we go wrong, right? Because of social media ruins relationship as many fail to draw the lines between what they should and shouldn't share. When one spends excess time on social media, they usually get obsessed with sharing every detail of their life, right? And this excessive information sharing can just turn the tables around in, in no time. You know, the PDA, I'm a fan of, of public display of affection, but there can be an excessive amount. Social media platforms like Facebook can destroy relationships. The one who spends a lot of time on these platforms often wants their partner to post how exciting their relationship is. Some might adjust to this idea while others might ridicule it. Um, you know, the online display of love and affection doesn't always mean that a couple is happy in reality. The spark should exist in reality and not on social media platforms. Now, if you're an influencer, go for it. You know, if that's how you're marketing, hey, but I want those of us who aren't influencers and are seeing this to not compare our relationships, um, be in constant comparison because no two relationships are the same. Every couple has different bonding experience and they have different ways of showing love. And when couples spend too much time together on social media, they may start to compare their relationships to others. And this eventually puts them in unwanted pressure, right? And they, they might surrender to it. You know, I, I leave with this last story of um, someone who is, um, we have a shared uh, friendship and a mutual friendship and they just walked out and um left their spouse now of course there's always going to be some backstory and it's just not this one day you just walk out but the premise of it was that this was a a, a the husband had been you know taking care of the home very respectful guy the wife hasn't said anything otherwise, except she was just bored in her relationship. No one wants to feel bored. But it all sort of stemmed when they started spending more time trying, you know, trying to be a social media influencer. And then they had other folks who want to be social media influencer. Um, having her doubt that her safe relationship, that safe wasn't necessarily good Maybe you have to be old like me to see <laughs> that safe isn't a bad thing. You know, I tell my kids, like when my kids say, I'm bored, I'm bored. I think to myself, no, you're boring <laughs> because there's so many things that you can do and make suggestions. Um, you don't have to be bored. I mean, I get the point. That's for a whole different, we can have a show and conversation about that, about being safe is it safe or is it boring but again this really stemmed from looking at other people's vacations and taking flights and going here and going there whereas in 
that person's spouse was committed to paying off a mortgage early, making sure their child was going to a good private school, um, and everything was taken care of. You know, and not everyone, you know, depending on uh, what your algorithm is bringing you, not everyone is making high six figures. You know, there's a small percentage of the population that makes six figures. When you're not making six figures, you know, when you're making $40,000 and you, you're like, oh my gosh, I want to make 100000 When you make 100000 you realize, oh Jesus, really not all it's cracked up to be. You need to make more. And that's great going for the stars, but we have to not shame people who aren't in that category. We have to not shame people that make $40,000, but still can buy a home. And there are people who are making six figures and high six figures that can't qualify for a mortgage, for example. So um, again, that might be a whole nother topic. But I'm Margaret Johnson, your wedding fairy godmother, professional wedding officiant and premarital mentor. I'm going to walk you through the steps from your moment of yes to your moment of I do. And of course, beyond. I look forward to catching up with you again. We're not going to let social media ruin our relationships. (laughs) We're going to not fall into the pitfalls and the problems that we see stem from social media. Now, if we have the problems, we're not going to hide from them. And we're certainly not going to blame Meta. Till next time.